So hi everybody, this is Julie Holiday, and I am doing another episode for the Spoonies with Purpose podcast. <laughs> and I have with me today the lovely Helena. So Helena, would you like to tell me a little bit about your experience of living with a long-term health condition? Hi, everybody. Yes, I would say living with a long-term health condition causes lots of mixed emotions, lots of struggles along the way, lots of difficulties, but also for me, it's actually taught me a lot of good things and a lot more about myself. And if I look back to how I was when I first became ill with CFS, I have come on greatly in leaps and bounds since then. But it hasn't all been smooth sailing. It's been up and down, lots of bumps along the way. It sounds like what you're saying to me is that actually it it wasn't easy. There were lots of difficulties, but in overcoming those difficulties, you really grew as a person. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, that that is how I feel now, um, especially in more recent years, yeah. because my life has been a lot more settled for me. Yeah, and I've been able to really focus on me, but also I have to take into account that I do have CFS. Yeah. And I do have to manage the condition around what I'm doing day to day. Can I ask how long how long have you lived with CFS? It'll be 13 years this year. 13 years this August. And would you say that in learning to overcome some of the challenges that you've actually regained some level of functionality? Or do you just feel as though... You have a better life, even though you're still restricted in what you can do. I think I've regained some functionality, but that has dipped over the years and kind of improved. But I've never fully recovered from yeah. CFS. And I, I, I'm not sure that I ever will. But mm-hmm. I have learned to accept that if I'm functioning at this current level that I'm at, then it's manageable for me I would love to improve and be recovered but Mm -hmm. I think I've had it 13 years and I've realized that I'm probably not but I can accept the level that I'm at for me I've had nearly five years now I think it's five years of fairly stable health Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized why some of that is because I have made a lot of changes within my life that I had to make and I had to realize and accept that things needed to change for me which they have greatly. Just to clarify the point is that you feel as though the last five years have been more stable and part of that has been really accepting that life needed to be lived differently finding different ways to live with the condition is that right yeah 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 Yeah. definitely and although along the way of the 13 years I have learned a lot of things I think in the last four or five years I've certainly learned a lot more and accepted a lot of things 
Okay, so let me now ask you about purpose. What does purpose mean to you? Purpose to me is obviously having something fulfilling to do, mm-hmm. that I have a role somehow, even though I have a chronic health condition. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because I had a full-time job. I was a social worker. I had a very good job. And I felt back then, and this is before I became ill, that I had purpose. Um, my, I felt my life then was going all right, although looking back on it, I know it was extremely stressful, which wasn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got chronic fatigue, purpose went out of the window, yeah. and I was really chasing back my old life. I wanted my old life back because I just felt, well, what have I become now? This is awful. And for a year, I didn't even know what was going on with me. And it was kind of back and forth to GPs and various appointments. And I just felt like, well, what's happened? You know, the Helena that I kind of knew has kind of gone. And it it felt like that. And I wasn't able to do what I used to be able to do and I I mean I was very very busy I was somebody and I still feel like my personality is the same a very driven person Mm -hmm. and I still feel like that to this day but I've had to learn how to kind of tone that driven person down quite a lot so you've toned that down and you've found a sense of purpose now yes yeah, um, very, very different to my old life. Um, and I think for a long time, actually, with CFS, I have felt I haven't really had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And things changed for me four or five years ago. And I thought, I need to get a hobby. I need to find something that I can focus on, that I can do sitting down, that I can dip in and out of. And I know way back as a child, I longed to learn how to sew on a sewing machine and I never got the chance to learn. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to ask for a sewing machine for Christmas for my family because this is what I'd like to do. And I got my sewing machine. And I have to say, it was all very daunting. (laughs) Getting this machine and thinking... Oh, where do I start? But I kind of plugged away little by little and spent quite a lot of hours dipping in and out of YouTube, learning at home how to use the sewing machine. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. And mm-hmm. I decided I would just do what I could manage. And it didn't have to be every day. It could just be when it felt right to do it. And so... That start, that's definitely the start of a new purpose for me. And I made lots of things, mainly for family and friends, and I would always get very, very positive comments. And they would say to me, you need to do more with this, if you can. So it, it took me a long time. I thought, mm, I'll, I'll think about all of this, whether it feels right or not to do so. And I must have been practicing sewing for quite some years 
before I took the plunge to to set up actually a shop on Etsy, which I've done. How do you approach balancing your purpose with living with CFS? I have quite a strict routine every day and I've realised over the years that I was better if I had quite a strict routine, which most of us in day-to-day life don't have to follow a strict routine. And it is hard. It's taken me a lot of years to really realise and accept that that is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. So... During my day, I will have rest breaks and I have them at the same time every day. And I'm literally doing pretty much the same activity at the same time every day. And my body appreciates that definitely. My physical um, health definitely appreciates all of that. And my mind, I'm not so sure always that that appreciates it, but I've, I've learned to get the balance between the body and the mind over that one so the mind is is saying i want freedom i want spontaneity yeah (laughs) definitely yeah yeah my body's like no way no way (laughs) you you behave helena you know but yeah yeah um so yeah i I do have a, a very sort of strict routine sounds like although kind of your mind might want to rebel at times you've recognized well actually it benefits me to do it this way and so I'm going to do it this way yeah yeah it definitely does and I I always know if I've overdone it Um, and sometimes it takes a few days for me to actually notice and then I have to think right Helena you need to cut back and you need a few days to get back on track and usually I do and I know and I'm much more aware and I can notice much better um, yeah. what my body is actually telling me. Yeah, and it sounds like you have a bit of trust in your resilience as well. When you're telling yourself you need a couple of days, you yeah. kind of knowing that you are going to get come out of it after that couple of days. Is... Yeah, I, I, I definitely do. And again, that's been something that's taken me a long time to recognise. And I, I do trust much more that yeah I will be all right in a few days brilliant for me yeah yeah I I think for me as well it's it's that recognition that um it might be frustrating but those routines give me a big benefit because having more stable health feeling feeling well more of the time even if you can't do any more you can at least feel okay while you're doing the little that you're doing that yeah. that is worthwhile that is worth keeping the limits keeping the the routine and and keeping things yeah, yeah. I feel far happier if the condition is managed well mm-hmm. and none of us are perfect then you yeah. know it's not nice if you turn the other way and you have a relapse and then it, it it does feel quite doom and gloomy but you can get through that as well and I know because it's happened to me and I have got through it and every yeah. time I've got through it so I'm proud of myself for that yeah there's that recognition that okay this isn't a nice place to be but I know I've, I've been here before I've got through it before I can get through it again yeah, yeah. yeah. 
this too shall pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you have to say those kind of things to yourself. And you yeah. know, I've had days where I thought I can't do anything, but actually you can. You have to find just little things that you can do um, past the time. And, you know, there are plenty of things. I've learned that over the years. Mm-hmm. Easy, simple things that I can just sit and do. Um, can I invite you to share a couple of those? What are some of your low energy keep keep you engaged things that you do when you're not doing so well? Um, sometimes just some simple card games on my laptop. I love those. I love all yeah. the simple games. I don't like all these complicated things. No. So those, for sure, they keep me entertained for a little while. Sometimes just reading a book or I love audio books as well. Yeah. So just sitting and absorbing myself, maybe a little bit of TV, not not always too much when I'm feeling in a low energy way. Yeah. But they're really my go to things yeah. when I'm feeling like that. Tell me a bit more about your specific purpose now. Tell me tell me about your sewing and your Etsy yeah. shop and what you enjoy most out of it my Etsy shop I just love being able to create different things um, and put them on there and obviously people come along hopefully and purchase some of those items and some things I've done very very well with selling Um, and I love making them I mean it just brings me so much joy to just be sat at my machine making those things for people and getting the lovely feedback and actually some really lovely customers along the way and that, and that makes it all worthwhile for me but yeah. it, it's very paced um I'm not doing it nine till five I know my kind of hours that I can do in the week and I try to stick to them sometimes I do go a little bit over and I had a few months in the summer last year where it went slightly crazy um but I've got my sister on hand she she doesn't sew but she helps me with my admin and she has helped me cut out fabric and things so I can always call upon her she's a a good help um but last year in the summer um I was very very fortunate to be asked to run a sewing um class at the local women's centre mm-hmm. um, near to where I live and that just absolutely filled me with excitement I just couldn't believe my luck um, about that and it, it all went ahead and last September I had six ladies come along and I taught them all how to learn to sew on a machine and they all made tote bags and they, most of them achieved finishing them. And we, we had a great time. Um, it's a very relaxed environment. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was lovely. I, I just, every week I was filled with excitement to see these ladies and to help them and to see how they kind of learn and progress. And, and they, they really, they did. And everybody seemed really, really enthusiastic because I was so enthusiastic. So that was lovely to see that other people were loving it as well. And a few people said to me that it was their me time and 
their happy place and they that they were really enjoying it and it was lovely. And I'd go around every week and help people with what they needed help with and some people were more confident to kind of have a go. Um so yeah, it was great. I was kept busy for the couple of hours every week that I was there. Um and I had some very excited ladies by the end of it as they had their tote bags all made and I took some photos, so I was very, very proud of all of them and see what they had achieved and the fact that I'd been able to teach them how to sew on the machine. And some of them are raring to come back in February when I um, start teaching them again. I think what I'd like to just point out to everybody listening, um, what I'm picking up about your journey of purpose, because I think it's it highlights some beautiful points about purpose and that first of all you found something that you really love doing yeah and it was something that just brought you joy even though it was creative mm. when you were first learning yeah. it was just learning and it was your own joy and I, I I like to say that one of our purposes is to grow and to learn so that mm. that was one of your purposes early in your journey yeah. and then you started creating things for other people so yeah. you were sort of sharing that with other people and and that actually grew to a shop as well which which is absolutely lovely but you took that purpose one step further as well and then you were sharing your skills yeah and uh, i i really love how that purpose has naturally expanded for you mm-hmm. um but that it all started with do, just doing something that you love and mm-hmm. i guess yeah. that's the message i want to put out to to everybody listening to this really is that Doing things that are are joyful for us, doing things that we love is a natural route to purpose. And and your story has just shown a a lovely example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it certainly has made me very happy. I have found something that I absolutely love and I will always love it. Um, And I hope to continue with my shop. For a very long time and I hope to continue teaching the ladies at the centre for a very long time. I love it and it really helped me gain a lot of confidence that was pretty shattered for a lot of years and now I'm finding that I can just speak to random people um, about my sewing and people are always interested and they will always listen and I, I wasn't really somebody like that before. I can, I wouldn't have kind of talked so enthusiastically about something, but I'm so passionate. And I think everybody sees that in me. I, lots of people have said it to me. Um, it was only earlier on today, actually, that I was speaking to a lady in a charity shop because I'd gone there looking for some shirts to make some bears from. And I said to her, these, these aren't for me. These are going to be turned into bears. And we had this really lovely conversation about it. And she said, oh, she said, can you tell me your page so I can look you up? And I just thought that was lovely. Yeah. Um, so off I went happy with my shirts. And, you know, it was a lovely conversation. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that you're upcycling materials as well. I, I, yeah, it's a personal yeah. passion of mine to to 
um, reduce waste in that in that way as well. So that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah I had the vision. I saw these shirts. I've I've got the pattern, and I'm like, oh, that bed is going to look like wonderful bears when they're made. <laughs> I, I just can't wait. But yeah. I have a lot of things in my head and written down of what I would like to make, but. I have to say to myself, you know, there's only me making them and there's only so many hours in a day and obviously mm-hmm. balancing that with CSS as well. But I will get that. I am going to ask you one more question, actually, because when you're creating something, it can get quite exciting to get to the end of it. Yeah. So how do you how did you learn not to push through to the end how did you learn to let yourself put put it aside and and finish it later I think I especially earlier on because I wasn't so used to it the sewing and I think I have become more used to it so probably sitting for a little bit longer than I used to be able to because my body's got more used to it I guess but I sit there some days and I think to myself there's, obviously I realise some things take many hours to make and you just can't make something in one sitting smaller items obviously yes you can but I have made things that do take quite a number of days and I just have to say to myself look it's okay pop it away and I've got a spare room where I put everything that's in progress so I can shut the door I don't have to look at it and it can come out another day when I'm ready to continue making it and sometimes things do wait quite a few days or even sometimes a few weeks um, and other times not but I just had to learn to say that to myself and I do and I know you know even people that sew that haven't got CFS wouldn't for example make a pair of curtains in an afternoon I've made curtains and it takes me quite a lot of days and it it can be quite physical because you're having to stand and measure and all of that and cut the fabric. So no, I I have this little voice that says to me, no, you know, you need to stop now. And I do know my kind of limits of an afternoon, which is normally when I do sit and make things. Mm -hmm. And I know, and sometimes I've just got my... um, alarm on my phone and it goes off and that's right that's it for now it has to go away um and it and it does and and I've become used to that and I think well we'll get there we'll we'll finish this item at yeah. some point I mean I've been working on um draft excluders because I felt they were a good idea what with all the cold weather that we've been yeah. having on the draft and everything else and but both the cat and dog draft excluders I made took me quite a number of days to make them but yeah I I accept that because I'm so happy when they're finished yeah wonderful a beautiful example of being firm with yourself about putting things away and and I like the fact that you you shut the door on them and that you can't see them so you're not tempted to yeah that that is the best way to me I've realized that with a lot of things shut the door yeah and then you know I'm not looking at them because I don't really go in the room very much so it's good good so um would you like to tell everybody the name of your Etsy shop and um where they can see all the beautiful creations that you make I have to I have to also say that um 
I've had Helena make something for me and a, a Christmas present for my mum a couple of years ago, I think it was. And they were beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So I would definitely recommend their skills. Aww. So, uh, Helena, what, what, what's the name of your Etsy shop? My Etsy shop is Sonic by Helena. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Facebook, the same Sonic by Helena. You can find me on there if you want to have a look. Fabulous. So it's been absolutely lovely talking to you, Helena. Thank you very much for sharing your story and 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 sharing your way of finding finding purpose. Because I think um, different people have different purposes, and it's really really important that we all allow ourselves to find our own purpose. And I love hearing the different stories and how diverse that that those purposes can be. So thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for um, chatting with me today. It's been lovely, Julie. It really has. (laughs) Fabulous.